What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Denim Radio. This is episode 016, if I'm not incorrect. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Josh, and across the hall here, across the the plains, across the mountains, across the rivers, we got Dr. Podcast. PhD, MD, DNT, TNT, Dynamite, fucking Mr. Ty. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm pretty good, man. I mean, we do this show on a Monday, so, you know, normally Mondays are kind of balls, you know. It's like nobody's stoked to go back to work after Monday, but kind of it kind of makes it a little easier knowing that I get to have a little chat with my, with my buds every Monday. And yeah, we'll get into who we chatted with later, but uh, let's just uh, have a little chit-chat. It's actually a pretty girthy combo, so maybe we shouldn't talk for too long, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's just, what she said yeah how was uh how's life over in sun peaks for you the last couple of days you said you had a little bit of a spicy moment the other day yeah yeah no life has been good uh we had band practice in beautiful barrier bc last night so you know uh i hop in with scotty he's got a electric vehicle so i meet him at a point kind of halfway in between band practice location and he drives us to band practice so we went and we played our songs and whatnot had a good time we're getting ready for our tour that we're going to be doing mini tour four shows uh, in late november i had a great time and so we're driving home and it's pitch black out and we're on this big straight stretch and all of a sudden we see like big pool of blood on the road and it trails to the side of the road and both of us look to the side of the road and there's like a fully decapitated deer head like a big one just chilling uh and so we see that and then we kind of look up to the road in front of us again and there's the rest of the deer in the middle of the road so scotty immediately starts swerving left to avoid the the carcass but as we're swerving left there's a semi preventing us from going into the uh, swerving into the oncoming lane um 
So he kind of starts swerving towards the semi, and I heard him go, oh, shit. And then he swerved right back into the middle of the road, and we had to run over the deer carcass. And I was scared that we were going to slide out on all the guts or whatever and go into hit the semi. But it didn't happen. He regained control of the electric Kia vehicle and ended up driving us home. So everything was fine. You know, it was just a one of those holy shit moments. And we were like, we were talking about some 41 when it happened. And then it happened. And like my heart jumped through my chest. And then like half a second later, Scotty's like, so anyway, my favorite album is actually blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I had to stop him. I was like, no, 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 shut up, please. <laughs> and he kind of had to calm me down a bit but that's scotty he's got nerves of steel man you can't shake him so like electric vehicle like what are we talking here not a not like a smart car like a like a hatchback a four-door okay because i think when we toured with you he was driving a truck of some sort so he's training oh, yeah. you in no, no, he's got the truck for truck stuff, and uh, <laughs> he's got the electric car for sprinting uh, shorter distances. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all terrifying. Decapitated deer head, and then... Yeah. Never seen anything like that. Yeah, it was disgusting, so... And so I guess that electric car could plow through a carcass. Yeah, there wasn't much left inside of it, but, like, the rib cage was still there, and, like... And, you know, it didn't look like something we wanted to drive over, but kind of had did you, to. Did you check out his that. vehicle when you arrived at your destination? Was there lots of deer hair in it? And... I actually did not check. I'll have to ask him. He just let me out and I got into my truck and he took off. But uh, I'll have to ask him about that. Yeah, it, did, it didn't feel too bad, but I was expecting the worst. <laughs> That's wild, man. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in... As I mentioned many times in this podcast, I grew up in rural Saskatchewan, so like, just fucking booze cruising, and you know, there's been a few <laughs> close calls and a few fucking dead on fucking smoked deer calls. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's never like it's just one of those like, like come to Jesus moments where you're like, holy fuck, are we ever like, like the other forces in this on this planet could end us pretty quick? You know, you you smoke a deer or a fucking moose that's like. 10 feet tall like it's yeah you're, you're gonna be in tough so Might yeah not it's, walk always, it's always terrifying it. so yeah maybe maybe we should uh put our phones down while we're driving <laughs> anywhere <laughs> you know fucking look at the road because you know fucking i know a, there's a dude it's not worth it like i think he wasn't from where my town was but his dad was originally and there's a story about because he had a glass eye and the story about how he lost his eye was they hit a deer and the fucking antler went through the fucking windshield and <laughs> poked him in the eyeball. He lost his eye. Oh, so, you know, yeah, crazy. no, I've been living with that fear my entire life. And now you get two twos. <laughs> and all you folks at home <laughs> listening tonight, you can, a new fear unlocked, <laughs> getting your fucking eyeball popped out by an antler. Hashtag that's Canada. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. Especially the woods. Maybe. Well, and you know what? There's fucking deer just running around red deer. Fancy that. I'm sure you get it. Where you're from, too, you just see them roaming down the roads. It's like, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, well, we, uh, it's good to see you, as always. Makes my, my Mondays a little brighter. We had a girthy, girthy talk. We're going to get into that in one second. I just wanted to, uh, I know you're not on Twitter, but um, maybe it made its way to just general news, but uh keeps popping up on my Twitter. So we, we, we chatted with... Um, a Winnipeg band last episode and a fellow by the name of Burton Cummings came up 
as you know, he's one of the founding member songwriters of the Guess Who, which is a, one of the first like like mainstream Canadian rock bands from back in the day. Like they they had international success, which isn't always the case with Canadian bands. But what's going on now is there's like Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman, like the founders. Like I, I don't know, my dad was his favorite band, so I I just listened to them all the time as a kid, so I have a soft spot for them. BTO. I mean, even like when super bad when fucking start singing these eyes, you know, like that was that must have been a pretty cool moment. But anyways, yeah. So uh right what's happening now, those two are no longer in the band. But I think I don't know if there was like one of the original guys. Something happened and the band is continuing on, but it's not none of the songwriters are in it. And they're doing like meet and greets and all this shit. So Burn Cummins is on Twitter and I think they might even sued sued this band being like what the fuck are you doing but they're like you know he's calling these people out being like you know these fans are paying all this money for meet and greets they're not fucking meeting the guys that are on the records you know <laughs> they're just meeting some they're, imposters you know so they're I, just they don't even have overdrive left like the b <laughs> and the t are gone like oh, they, they, you just get to meet O overdrive <laughs> well this is this isn't even bto this is like guess who like, this oh, is, this is the guess who. Yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, yeah, because I think he initially had left guess who to make Bachman Turner Overdrive, or that's Randy Bachman, and then Burton Cummings eventually left as well. So now it's like none of the the guys that wrote all the good songs are in the band anymore. So now he's like being pretty vocal about like what the fuck's going on here. Like, what? How do these guys like masquerading as like doing meet and greets? Like they're the fucking guys when they're like they're not the guys. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting, but. uh yeah. I just don't know how you yeah. could do that as a band be like you know it's like we kind of made jokes about you know like the remaining Ramones guys even though they weren't the OG guys but they still carry, carry on with that moniker but I mean if they st- started touring as the Ramones and you get there you're like where's Joey? Where's Johnny? Where's fucking <laughs> you know you'd yeah. be like what the fuck? Got some bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's Dee Dee? Well, you need a time machine to see any of those guys. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's not the guys. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I mean, and you hear about that sometimes where bands just carry on. If there's like the, the bass player or whatever, it's like none of the actual guys. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny that it's popping up now because it's like, I know they've been doing this for years. Because I remember seeing Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings in Red Deer. And they were like, we're not allowed to say we're that this band, but they played all the songs because they wrote them, right? So, nice. It's kind of interesting. So Anyways. they they don't own the rights to them anymore. So I don't know how it works. I mean, they're suing these guys, so I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going to do that and continue touring as a band like that, I think you have to have two things in my head. One is one original member. And two would be the blessing from the other members if they're still alive. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, barring that, like, what are you really doing? You're just ripping off some guy's songs. And that, and that's what, what Burn comes. He's like, you guys are a glorified tribute band, cover band, right? Like, so I don't know. Cut it out. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of humorous. If you, if anybody's on Twitter, I refuse to call it X. <laughs> I'm just looking at his now, and he has an interview with Mike Bullard. Do you remember that show, Open Mic with Mike Bullard? Is that on when you were a kid? Ah, uh, that sounds familiar. You tell me a bit more about it. <laughs> it was just like a Canadian CTV talk show. Like he was kind of like a Conan O'Brien type of guy, but he was 
Canadian and his name is Mike Bullard. I remember my dad okay. had, his, had his book, so it was like I remember reading it as a kid. But anyways, I don't know. You don't hear anything about him anymore. I don't know if he's still around or in TV. I don't think he was canceled. People weren't canceled back then. So I don't know. <laughs> anyways, if you're on Twitter, I'm never calling it X. Give old Burton Cummins a follow because it's kind of humorous seeing him just tear up this quote unquote fake ass cover band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of non-cover bands, non-fake-ass cover bands, we chatted with a, a, a buddy of ours. Well, he's a new buddy of yours. He just got to get down with him. Um, Mr. Kenny Lush. So if you don't know him, he played in a band called Daggermouth that was pretty prominent in the, which I guess will eventually become the easy core scene. We talked about that a little bit. And most recently, you can catch him as a guitar player in Real McKenzie's. And then if you want to hear songs that he actually wrote, you can check out Rest Easy. Pretty rad. What would you call them? Like kind of a hardcore punk rock. I don't know. It's pretty aggressive songs, but they also have some pretty cool. I don't know. Pretty rad. You're going to hear a song later today. If we have yeah, they're good these, shit. But... Yeah, for sure. And then he was also a pro wrestler for a lot of years. So if you like pro wrestling and you like punk rock, Boy, do we You're gonna have an love episode this guy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he it was just a pretty chill talk because I yeah, I've known him for a while now. And yeah, we got to cross paths with his band up in Fort Mac. And then so I don't one of those things, just by being a dude who has a podcast, a dude who's in a band, you just meet all these people from all over, similar to Brad Manners a couple episodes ago. You know, you just meet these dudes and then you're like, hey, wanna come on and shoot the shit? And you know, guys like that just have story after story, so you don't really... <laughs> you and me just had to, like, what do you think about this? And then sit back and <laughs> listen to him talk about that for 15 minutes. So, yeah, it was, it was a girthy oh. interview, but I think it was, it was pretty rad. And, yeah, we definitely are going to extend that all branch. And come on, come back on whenever you want, Kenny. It was, it was a good time. And just speaking to that, I mean, I see a lot of these podcasts. They're researching their guests. They're planning what they're going to say. At here at Denim Radio, with the caliber of guests that we've been getting, we don't even need to do that. Like you say, we just let them go. It's great. No, for sure. Like, and and when I used to do the Punk Norm podcast, I'd always at least have like my show notes that have like, you know, bunch of fucking bullet points of like, okay, if shit fucking, if the conversation comes to a lull, I got this to bring up. But it's like you don't even need to do that with some of these guys. Like, so I'm definitely not as prepared, but I also just, I just. I just knew it was going to be an easy conversation. So, yeah, I think it was good. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. So let's jump into some tunes before we jump into the interview. Um, uh, he didn't pick this band. And this is my, like, introduction to the dude. was a band called Daggermouth. They briefly reunited. I'll have to fucking look up the exact date. <laughs> Say, like... 2013 or 14 or something they kind of but with a with a different singer didn't last long but anyways they kind of had one song out but i got to see him again in that lineup but yeah so i'm going to play a daggermouth song called i always love this one glendale pd hates daggermouth and what would you like to hear bud uh hit me with fall apart by 1208 1208 eh can you give us a little backstory on that band? I'm not familiar. 
Uh, yeah, my buddy Crystal actually turned me on to this band, and I had never heard of them, but I was just reading a bit about them, and they're from the Bay Area, and they came about in 1995. Uh, they were produced by... Their, their first album was produced by uh, Fletcher from Pennywise, and they had some family, other family members in the scene. So apparently they were pretty young when they started out, and it looks like the last album they put out was this album in 2004. But this is a really good song, so it's kind of one of those hidden gems if you've never heard it before. I don't think I have, but thanks for the quick rundown. <laughs> I didn't have to Wikipedia, <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> no awesome. All right, buddy. Well, uh, yeah, let's dive into this interview. I'm stoked on this one. So I hope everybody enjoys our chat with Kenny Lush. But until that moment, we're going to play some Daggermouth and we're going to play some 1208. So check it out. to Denim Radio.
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. I'm your host, Josh, and over here we got Dr. Podcast himself, Mr. Ty. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good, Joel, buddy. It's good to see you again. <laughs> I wish I could say the same, but <laughs> anyways, today's guest is uh, quite the uh, jet setter. He's he's traveled the world playing in bands such as Daggermouth, Real McKenzie's, and Rest Easy, and he's also traveled the world kicking butts as a pro wrestler, so we are pleased to welcome Mr. Kenny Lush to the show. How's it going, buddy? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. We've been trying to set this up for a while, so I'm glad you, you're finally in the right mood of being decompressed and ready to rip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had the day off work. I'm stoked. <laughs> well, I know uh, if the NoFX song is any uh, indication of how the McKenzie's party, you probably do need like a month to <laughs> recover after a tour with those dudes. <laughs> Oh, that was like the old lineup, the, the the like Fat Records, Mackenzie's lineup. The stories I hear are just ridiculous. But now it's like, a, now it's a different form of adventure. It's like a, a weekend at Bernie's type situation, <laughs> almost, if you want to call it that. <laughs> you just got to like, did you ever see uh, the NoFX uh, backstage passport? Where, uh, yeah, years where, ago, yeah. Where, where Hefe like wanders away that one day. That's like Paul. You got where? Where'd he go? Oh, <laughs> he saw like, he saw a ball yeah. bouncing down the road and chased it. We gotta go fucking find. Yeah, him. <laughs> we almost have to like put Apple Air tags on him or something like that. He'll just like <laughs> disappear and then like show up like just fucking gooned and you know it's like oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the real Mackenzies of yesteryear. Yeah. <laughs> awesome man well uh what's going on you're just hanging out in vancouver today yeah i have the had a few days off work and just working on demos and shit this morning i don't know what for i've been <laughs> contemplating like maybe trying to do my own like just solo thing maybe not even release it but just i've never done it so it'd be kind of nice to just try it write a couple songs and get my i've been talking to my old buddy darren about drumming on him he used to play in that band complete i don't know if you remember any nine late 90s spawner records bands or anything but yeah he played in a band called complete on the first two albums and uh yeah they're really good he's a killer drummer and he hasn't drummed in years and i don't know a few months ago i was like hey why don't you come jam with me and you know we'll just fuck around the jam space and he like still can like just destroy the drums i was like holy fuck so <laughs> yeah so I might do that. Sorry to ramble on, but uh, yeah, that's about all I did. I went and had sushi with um, Mikey, who uh, is in a band, another band that I played in for a bit called Punitive Damage. So it was good catching up to him. He also plays in a band called Change. So it's been months we've been trying to like link up for lunch, but it's one of those like he's away on tour, then I'm away on tour, then he's away on work, then I'm away on tour and blah, blah, blah. So it was good to catch up with him. Yeah, for sure. And then nice. you probably just hide out for a couple of weeks after your, some of those tours or you just need to catch up on sleep. <laughs> yeah, catch up and sleep. And I tend to, I tend to, I like to go to work right away, you know, pretty fast. Like I don't mind taking a day or two off and then I'm right back to like the day job. So what are you doing for, yeah, for normal work, normie work these days? 
Oh, I, uh, so I'm a mental health worker. I've been doing it for two years now in the downtown east side. So, you know, when people drive down Maine and Hastings, you know, or if you see the videos and stuff and like, oh my God, like all those drug addicts and a lot of homeless people, like, you know, some of them do have like housing, like all those old shitty hotels that are along Hastings Street there and stuff. And, uh, you know, and the, and the city's starting to put up, you know, portables, like kind of, you know, modular housing and stuff for these people. And I basically work the front, you know, I basically work the desk at one of them. So we're all like the company I work for is super low barrier. So we give out safe supply and all that stuff. And I, I just get to work and I'm like, okay, who has court today? Who has appointments? And then, you know, it's kind of like hurting cats. Like, dude super high was like bro you got court i know you're fucking really hot right now but you gotta go or they're gonna issue a warrant so like you know how about i give you there's a freezy in the freezer you go to court when you get back i'll give you for like you know just shit like that like i'm just, i just kind of like organize them you know i do i deal with ods too like if anyone ods i have to fucking i'm usually the first person there to respond and all that stuff so which leads to you know it's pretty scary times in vancouver right now like if there's a bad batch of shit there's some days i'll do like four or five overdoses in a day but yeah it's a yeah the job i had before that like you know a lot of people are like oh how do you deal with these crazy people just yelling at you and swearing and all that stuff and it's like i don't know before this i did you know as a bouncer at a bar so i'm used to people yelling at me and uh, my main day job for years was like construction work. So it's like, I'd much rather be yelled at by a guy with mental illness and drug addiction, as opposed to some like bullshit fucking construction site guy who also has mental illness, plus probably a Coke addiction. But, you know, for some reason he's, you know, he thinks he's the fucking man, you know, like I, I just can't do construction work anymore. It's, you know, <laughs> plus the fucking, the amount of, if anyone buys a brand new condo in Vancouver in the past eight years, I'm so sorry, but the work I've seen done on your shit is so bad. I hope you enjoy fucking paying for levies and liens and years to come when all your shit breaks. <laughs> I believe it, man. I know, I know they're putting up houses at an alarming rate. In like the nineties, two thousands in Alberta, and even my house is late nineties, and some of the plumbing and shit is so fucked. It's like they didn't even glue it together. Like shit's just falling apart. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah. What I've seen with like most of the sites, like the last job I had that was on like kind of construction stuff, is us doing the green roofs. So it's not really a. I did a big one in Grand Prairie once, but it's. I don't think it's a huge thing in Alberta just because the weather, but it's like the lawns on roofs. So it's good for insulation and it's good for like keeps the house cool during the day and, you know, and it keeps it warm in the winter and shit like that. I really enjoy doing that. But, you know, we start getting these contracts, do it on like these high rises and stuff. And I'll tell you, most of these companies that are getting paid to like build these condos are it's like one guy in like a souped up truck with a fuck Trudeau sticker on the back. And then like <laughs> all the other like he just hires like literally like day laborers, like people that have, and just tells them what to do and he'll drive off and 
you know, as long as the check clears and a guy can glue two pieces of PVC together, I guess he's a plumber and, you know, so. It's not a uh, <laughs> No, not. Someone's making money out there, but it's not the workers. And it's, you know, I feel so bad for these people that have to buy like houses for like, or, you know, one bedroom apartments for like half a million or $600,000. It's crazy. That is crazy. No wonder all the band guys I know just rent <laughs> or else they got yeah. a house with 10 guys. In their yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's sad. Like, I did that shit in the 20s when I was in Daggermouth. But yeah, like, I can imagine living in a house with a ton of dudes at uh, like 40 just to survive. No. I even hear now, like, super successful people, like celebrities and comedians and stuff that I've heard on other podcasts that you think would be doing pretty well for themselves. You hear them talking about living in LA, like they've all got roommates and everything too, even at whatever age. So I think it's just kind of how the economy is right now. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. It'll blow up eventually one day and then hopefully if giant war happens, I could just take a baseball bat to everyone. I hate <laughs> but until that point, I guess we'll just have to suffer. Right on. Well, I mean, there was a housing crash, but it didn't really change anything. 20 years later right? no <laughs> every the banks no. just are doing the same shit again now they got, yeah, bought, they got bailed and then, out and they nothing changed really in the long run yeah nothing changed and fucking I guess you it, know they all got ba- bailouts during covid and everything and then you know and then they fucking jack the interest rates up wow yeah it's it's sad i'm not a smart man but i'm an angry man but i don't know <laughs> i hear you man it's definitely hard to to get ahead, especially if you want to spend your time playing music, yeah, totally. like to, to tour and stuff. Like that's good that you're able to be in bands that actually can come out ahead by the end of it, because it's definitely tricky. Yeah, for a band I, starting out these days. Oh fuck, I feel so bad for you know, like younger kids now. And there's a lot of you know the scene in Vancouver, especially like the hardcore scene. It's blowing up right now, and uh, I feel guilty because I haven't been out to as many shows as. I'm supposed to be, but, uh, you know, like here and now productions out in Vancouver, they're killing it, just putting on so many good all ages shows. And you go like a community center out in the suburbs, like three, 400 people on a weekend. It's nuts. It's like, it reminds me of like the nineties again, like going to see God play and shit, but you know, but you know, I just, it's just so hard. Like I remember like we couldn't have toured as much in dagger mouth as we did if the prices were what they are now, because mm-hmm. it's not like the, it's not like pay's gone up for shows. Right. Like, you know, I remember like Daggermouth, we get paid like 300 bucks, but that would be like enough for gas and, you know, food and shit, you know, and now it's nothing. It's, you know, yeah, we had to bump our prices up five bucks. Had to do the, the 20, $20 shirts as long as we could. But then when you're doing a $500 order to just to make, 60 bucks at the end you're like yeah it's not worth it yeah because that's like i remember daggermouth we always held tight to uh like when we toured like i was getting shirts screen printed in uh in washington where i shit you not like two 250 a shirt so i was like oh yeah like let's sell them for 10 like we would always just sell like nothing more than 10 bucks nothing more than 10 bucks and you know but nowadays like like you said you have to charge a certain amount because you know like 
someone's fronting all that money and you're you're selling all your shirts and you're making like sixty dollars profit but then you see like your bandmate dip in and give a shirt to someone yeah. for free and it's like what the fuck are you doing that's <laughs> fucking money out of my pocket <laughs> yeah i used to have a playing a band with a guy who was famous for that you see him doing the old shirt trade at the end of the night i'm like i fuck about those shirts you're breaking. <laughs> like what are you doing oh yeah man i remember one time in uh Daggermouth, we were doing some shows with um, <laughs> X Bishop X. So that was like Mean Pete from Remember August or uh, Remember Never. Rem- I don't fucking know. I'm so out of the loop. But, you know, this X Bishop X band we were playing with, and uh, we got these like super rad, like nice zip up hoodies. Then they cost quite a bit actually to make because it was like the Misfits logo, but the skull had grills that said dagger mouth in them and everything. And so we got like a few boxes of those and I see Dan dog giving them away to like all the guy, like the entire tour package wanted one. So he's giving them all away. And in turn, he's like, well, he said we could have a shirt and like the shirt, some like shitty, like <laughs> white on red, like self silk screen piece of shit. I was like, fuck. Like trade it off. <laughs> yeah. Turn yeah. It was the worst trade ever. <laughs> Uh, got any uh funny shirt stories ty funny shirt stories uh i think uh just when when uh our drummer bought a shirt off of you guys and then he got home and he couldn't find it and he was like i never got my shirt they never gave me my shirt and uh, he made me ask you guys like oh did they take the shirt back did they find it somewhere (laughs) and i'm texting you and so i think uh he bought another one from you guys but then uh, when it arrived, he found the original shirt. So it turns out he was just blind. He always had his trash dandelion <laughs> shirt. <laughs> well, he just wanted two, and he didn't. He was embarrassed to ask. I think it was just all a facade. <laughs> he was playing the long game. <laughs> but yeah, that that is that is an issue for for bands these days. I mean, I'm, I assume it is even for bigger bands, like just how much everything costs, and you know, everything. Well, just yeah. So much up in price. Yeah, and like you got to remember, like I know people harp on, you know, you go see the fucking Guns and Roses play or whatever, and they're selling shirts for seventy bucks or sixty bucks, and you know, even Blink, like Blink One Eight Two is another example. You know, like they were selling shirts for fucking, you know, seventy bucks. You know, they got a manager that takes what ten percent. The fucking venues taking twenty or thirty percent, like. Yeah. You know, on a set, I, I guarantee you on a $70 shirt, those dudes are seeing the same profit we probably see on our shirts, you know, which mm-hmm. is sad. Yeah, I finally got my first taste of uh, of the merch or yeah, the merch cut when we did that super friendly. And it was only, oh, what did... I think it was only $85.15, but it was only for shirts. Yeah, it wasn't for, for music. Yeah, records or anything. Yeah. But like, yeah, we've like even. The, the Mackenzies will go out and, you know, we'll play some of these festivals and some of them want, you know, as high up as 25%. And then on top of it, you have to pay the the tax. So, you know, like the, like if we've sold, you know, $800 worth, they want, they, you know, they take their tax, like we have to pay the income tax off that or whatever, and then pay, pay out their 25%. So, which is, which is tax free to them, I guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. 
Right. Yeah, so it's always or you both end up paying it. It's always the consumer that takes it up and takes it up the hoop in the end, because yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was saying I bought a shirt. I went to that punk and drug book down in uh, Tacoma. I bought a no effects shirt. I think it was forty five US. So you know, do the math. Was it forty five yeah, or thirty five? Like, but it was it came out to like almost fifty five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was American, right? So it was like three thousand Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but, you know, book. like they all, they also know too that like, you know, their fan base should be at this point all grown up with jobs and everything. You know what I mean? So they'll, yeah, you know, it's always issue when you go see like the the younger kids, the new kids bands, and like you know, they the band still has to sell so much. Like, you know, kids should be able to roll out and get like a shirt and a fucking album for like fifteen bucks. You know, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck the kids. Fuck the bring kids. money. <laughs> yeah, bring money, kids. <laughs> well, they're not buying beer, most of them, right? So they, they can afford it. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're the ones buying $11 beers on top of those $70 shirts. <laughs> yeah. I've started just doing like the weed gummy thing at shows now. You know, maybe get one drink, have a weed gummy, and then like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Having a strategy road. Yeah. It yeah, saves you a ton of cash. Not that many shows come to Red Deer, so I haven't been to Calgary or Edmonton in a while, except for that one that I played, and that was free sea change beer all day, so you can imagine. I was in <laughs> perfect yeah. shape by the end of that one. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Keith, you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> How was their set? Face good. Face set. I mean, yeah, the usual. They're, they're such a good band. They have so many, so many hits, right? So and I could just sit yeah, there and watch well, Shifty on the bass for hours. Right? Oh, he's so good. <laughs> I remember when Rest Easy played with him a year ago. We were, oh, I, I was trying to tell the drummer, I was like a little loaded at this point. I was just like, you got to do the self-title, or the, you know the album that everyone hates? I think it's this, or Ignorance is Bliss. Oh, yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, like when that came out, like I'm 43, so I don't know how old you guys are, but. When that album came out, the punks lost it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're trying to sound like the Foo Fighters or some shit like that, you know? Like, they sold out. Now, going back, it's actually a really good album. I really like it, and I think it's very underrated. So I was trying, like, you guys got to do that album in full and just play smaller clubs. And, you know, I was punishing them pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, they ended up just making another band, didn't they? Like that Viva La Death, or whatever the fuck it's called. And- Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, just to get I, I get that even... alternative grungy stuff out of their system because the punks are just still wouldn't accept their slower <laughs> shit as face to face. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I actually gotta go check that out. I I totally forgot about that. I haven't. I never did check it out either. But I just when you started yeah, saying yeah. that, I remember like hearing that. Oh, they just made another one, and that was their reasoning. It's like we're getting catch so much shit for our you know yeah including this totally. stuff on our punk records i kind of wish i'm just staring at a flatliners poster right now speaking of bands i wish would maybe start another <laughs> band for their music <laughs> oh yeah yeah that band's changed so much over the years did you uh did you go see any of chris wells acoustic stuff did that roll through red deer or uh, didn't you didn't come to red deer you i saw he was in uh like Edmonton and Calgary, but I didn't, I didn't make it. Yeah. I think it was during the week. Or, I don't know. I work. So 
Yeah. Kind of one of those things that just kind of slipped through the cracks. I remember saw some pictures of it later. Yeah, that dude's uh I don't know. Cresswell's he's an incredible musician and writer. Mm-hmm. Like he's on the list for sure that if I actually had a budget whenever I do something musical, I'd love to get him to like produce it, you know, like help write. He's one of like he's a guy I'd like to work with. Same with like uh Vinny and Mikey and the rap from I'm the Avalanche. I'd really like mm. to get them producing some stuff too and all that. Oh, I but... forgot about those guys. Yeah, they're fucking they're they're still out there. They're killing it. Uh Rat actually mixed and mastered the Rest Easy pulling. Oh, he cool. did me a solid and did it. So yeah. But yeah, they're all busy, you know, like with like they also play in like crime and stereo and the movie life and shit like that. So I'm trying to uh look around at all my posters because I know I saw them like years ago. I was trying to see, but I think it might have been this one, the Mad Caddies, Satanic Surfers, the loved ones. Sub and guests. I think they might have been the guests. This is two thousand. Oh, okay. Six in Calgary. That's a fucking stack yeah, lineup. Yeah, <laughs> Now that I look yeah. at it, holy shit! <laughs> it's crazy. Some of those shows, eh? Like you look back at like some of the shows I would see. You know, like one that just comes to mind is like, you know, Kid Dynamite, Buried Alive, Seven Seconds, and Snapcase or something like that. I believe played Vancouver in like ninety nine and. Now, you know, and I remember that shit happening all the time. And now it's like you go out, and I'm not complaining because I'm old. Maybe this is why they do it, just because we're all old now. But, but like, you know, it's one band. You know, you have an opener band and then the full headliner band. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that special. That that fucking Bouncing Souls tour. I, I don't know if you guys were able to catch that, but. That was a cool vibe. That felt that felt like the old school. It was like Bouncing Souls, and then right before them was that Bad Cop, Bad Cop, who I actually really enjoyed a lot more than I thought it was going to. And then that Cat right? Bite, and then the yeah, and Urethane opened. Yeah, like that 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 whole tour package kind of reminded me of something from the from the nineties. I like well, you, that. You know who was supposed to be on that tour? <laughs> yeah. Bad. 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 <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. But. Dun, 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 <laughs> I know a friend yeah. of mine was, uh, she's like, oh, I got tickets to go see the band who we will remain nameless. And I was like, oh, I don't hope you're not excited to see them because they're not going to be there. And she's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, Google's your friend. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, <laughs> 13 yeah, allegations. You... I was like, yeah, they're not coming back from this one. <laughs> yeah, we it, like Europe's a whole different thing when it comes to like, I think gossip and news, you know what I mean? Like, I think we eat it up, but I think like Europe doesn't, I don't know. Cause uh, we started that Mackenzie's tour this summer and the fucking Aspie shows up wearing a shirt of that band. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you can't wear that. He's like, Oh, why not? And, you know, he's, he's from Spain. So, Oh, why not? And I'm like, uh, the guy was a fucking, accused of being a very bad man like you can't fucking wear that shirt dude don't wear it on stage he had no idea just you saved you saved him a few awkward conversations for sure oh yeah i i I mean the real mackenzie's have an impeccable reputation you don't want to fuck with that (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) speaking uh speaking of 
Speaking of tours there. Hey, I hold saw off, the, hold uh, off. Before, the... you, before you answer okay. that, let's take a quick break because it's already been 20 minutes. So let's let him take his okay. first break and then I'll let you run with it. <laughs> you can choose right. a song. Oh, let me, I'm going to choose an I Am The Avalanche song. Hold on one sec. Has to be off the, off the new album too. They have a new one? Well, all 2020. Yeah, play play Tokyo by I'm the Avalanche. We were just talking about the warp tour. Kenny has has a story. It's it's not about the warp tour, but it's kind of like from that era. So yeah, dagger like Daggermouth was, and this is shit that could never happen nowadays, I feel. Uh like so we were on tour in LA and um we were playing, we always played with this like band of young kids called Heads Up. They were fucking awesome good kids that's who uh hey hey, nelson go jump on the garbage nelson was in heads up but uh yeah that dagger song title but anyway so they were friends with this young girl she was like i don't know i think she was like 15 or something 16 definitely like oh no maybe she's a little older like grade 12 like 17 18 type deal maybe but she she would come to our shows all the time and we got to know her and 
one day she was just like came to the show and she was super bombed in there you know we're like oh what's up and she she was armenian right so i guess it was like pretty strict family and you know blah 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 and you know she's just upset and one of us was just like hey well i don't know why don't you just hop in the van take a break come on tour with us for two weeks so this girl was just like yeah okay yeah i got a backpack with a couple things in it i'll just buy some stuff on the way sure and she like hopped in the band van and abandoned her family for like two weeks it was i think us and broadway calls were on tour at the time so (laughs) so yeah she just kind of hopped in between our vans and you know like you know we were all gentlemen so nothing went on there or anything she was a cool chick but yeah it was just like you know imagine nowadays if some band you know played you know turnstile was just like I don't know, just hop in our van and took a fan for like two weeks. His family was probably like fucking, you know, losing their shit. Like, I'm surprised we didn't get like a kidnapping charge or something on us. <laughs> I mean, that's very brave of her just based on the amount of farts alone that go off in the band van. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> no, they were holding him in for her. Yeah. So they all had tummy aches by the time they got to the venue. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Being a gentleman means holding in your farts. <laughs> yeah. Until your tummy hurts. So I'm sorry I interrupted you before the uh commercial break there, Ty. What were you what were you wanting to ask? Oh, I was just gonna say that uh I I saw the, the Good Riddance tour, but it was like the night after Rest Easy stopped playing on the tour, I believe I saw them in Kelowna, so I didn't get to catch you guys. But uh, Good Riddance was awesome. It was my first time seeing them, and they're a really fun live show. I gotta say, in particular, the bassist was super fun to watch on stage. Yeah, and, Chuck uh, rocks. Yeah, yeah. Like it, there was a show going on within the show because Chuck, I guess, um, he was he had a thing of grapes or something, and he was so locked in playing their songs that without even thinking about it, he was tossing these grapes to the guy at the merch table and they were like big throws and he was <laughs> trying to catch them with his mouth and then the merch guy was throwing stuff back up onto the stage and he was trying to catch it. <laughs> in his mouth. It was amazing, but uh, I just wanted to ask how many play, how many shows that you guys got to play with Good Riddance there and if you had a good time. Well, we did, we did Vancouver and then originally we weren't doing the, we didn't get offered the Kelowna show. We ended up getting it like last minute because of uh, choke having to cancel off it, but but we you know we already had our flights and you know so we just did we did Vancouver the Calgary show and then the two shows in Edmonton. Nice, yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good time. How was that Kelowna show? Because it was kind of weird. It was like good riddance. Who's like you know their fan base is like old fucks like me and blah, blah, blah. And then like the, all the openers, there was like another touring package, like that calling all captains. Yeah. And yeah. State. It was like a pop punk tour that they kind of put together with good riddance. So it was, yeah. uh, it was interesting. I, I got to see some bands that I probably wouldn't have gone to see otherwise. Uh, and definitely a, a lot younger, like the people on the stage and the people off the stage you could tell we're not the gnarly old heads like us that traveled out there. Oh, excuse me, sword voice. It's a gentleman's <laughs> podcast, I forgot. But, uh, so uh, it was interesting to say the least. Yeah. It was, like, did 
did people stick around for good riddance? Like, were the crowd majority there for them? Or was there a huge, like, once the pop, pop like, once the kid bands were done, like, did the kids leave? I, no, they stuck around. I think there was enough crossover in the crowd. Um, or maybe maybe just morbid curiosity that some of these young kids are like, uh, I don't know, these guys look pretty old, but I guess we already paid our paid our ticket price but no they they stuck around and it was a it was a great show it was packed it was a new little venue there it's kind of like a community hall situation which is yeah. always nice to see it doesn't always have to be bars and clubs you know like back in the day we did church basements and and uh, yeah. cultural centers and stuff so it's nice to see some things going that way again yeah no it's i'm always a huge fan of like the, the the community center shows those are the best mm-hmm. those will always rule it's, especially when it's all ages and you actually see like the the young kids there like i always think that's pretty cool because I've, I've done enough of those where it's all ages but like the kids don't come so it's like it's yeah weird. the kids don't come and it's just like like dudes our age drinking in the parking lot and like <laughs> it's just a sad scene yeah. but i think yeah, it's kind of changed it's, though maybe it's because like a lot of the you know the north of 45 punks now their kids are of age so and now they're interested in like yeah punk shows for whatever reason that maybe it was lame when they're younger but now they're like oh this is actually pretty cool dad i want to go check this shit out you know what it is i it's the fucking people shit on me for standing up for the guy but it's that the fucking machine gun kelly effect (laughs) you know the those kids are listening to that pop punk and being like oh and then like travis barker's all around and once you see that shit, it's not too far from the descendants and checking out other shit, you know? And, you know, hey. especially with TikTok, you, you see all these young kids just like going nuts at a haywire at a fucking hardcore show. What kid wouldn't want to be there swinging their fists around, kicking <laughs> the air? That's fucking rad. So when, you, when you're saying hardcore in Vancouver, like what, like what bands? Like, like what style? Uh, like, are you talking like the comeback kid style? Like, Punky, no, not so melodic. It's definitely like a little bit more punker than that. Like, uh, you know, like World of Pleasures doing really good right now, and and they're you know they kind of got a shy halud thing going on, and you know, Punitive Damage is kind of, you know, they got that 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 gel or that like old school scowl style going on and stuff like that. So, you know, it's dirty. But I I went and saw a show at the Cobalt in the spring and it was all like local kids bands and shit like that and like it was gnarly it was like the coolest shit i've ever seen because this shit would never pass when i was a kid i'd be like fuck this there was like a band that sounded like helmet and like and like the kids were like moshing to it and stuff like that like break dance kicking and dancing and it's like <laughs> To like fucking helmet breakdowns they even did a helmet cover and i was like man this is crazy so like that's another cool thing the scene is like a lot less like paint by numbers like the bands right now are you know a lot less like you know like back in my day it had to sound like this or it had to sound like that or it had to sound like a fat fat record style you know like yeah yeah I'm, i was just like I, wondering because oh he's uh, doing the beat he's doing the beat i hear it <laughs> there's a, like my drummer plays in like heavier bands as well and he calls it hardcore but it's more of like the 
you know like yeah for me when i hear hardcore i think like black flag minor threat that's what hardcore is to me but apparently the term has been co-opted by like a completely different style of music in my opinion maybe it's all connected i don't know he'll tell me that i'm an idiot and i don't get it because i'm like what is this (laughs) no it's it's all connected via some tree somewhere but uh you know i think part of that too is just us getting old man yeah I wasn't cool yeah. when I was supposed to be cool, so why would I be cool and with it now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> My prime was like most people's, like not even close to prime, not ready for prime. I'm, time. I'm getting my my cool scoop from uh, from Jared, who was the Daggermouth bass player for like that played on Turf Wars. I've been hanging with him a little bit lately because he works near me, so we we have a little lunch lunch soirees together and his kid Wyatt is because this is why he had to leave Daggermouth. He was like, we're about to walk on <clears throat> we're about to walk on stage to play uh to headline Sync with Cali Fest down in California. And and we're just as we're, we're heading on to the stage, Jerry goes, Oh, by the way, Rihanna's pregnant. This is probably my last show. I was like, no <laughs> fuck. But uh and then we had like a billion bass players fucking after that. But uh he that kid, that kid now is like Wyatt's like 16 now and stuff. And Jared and him just went to that when we were young fest and nice. all that. So yeah, that's that's how I get my scoop of what's cool now. From whatever Wyatt's listening to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like principal skinner there. <laughs> yeah. I be, am I out, that out of touch? No. It's the children. Yeah. They're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Stop me being super lame and old. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be. I listen to Bad Religion. Those guys aren't old as fuck now. <laughs> yeah. Literally my dad's age up on stage. <laughs> Maybe a little younger. Yeah. Well, fuck. Like Paul McKenzie, 63. Sometimes I'm like, holy fuck. Would please don't be me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's still giving her. He fucking loves that shit, man. Well, he sings in that one song, you know, he's forsaken money making. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I assume he must get paid something to do it. Or he wouldn't be able to bring all you eleven dudes on tour with them all over the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. How oh, the the Europe the Europe stuff's amazing, man. Some of those festivals we play, it's you know and I assume that's where the cash cow shows are, those big festivals. But yeah, like it's been a killer opportunity. Like I, de- I definitely, for all the crazy moments and stuff, I definitely don't regret, you know, joining that band, especially after the pandemic. You know, when everything seems so shitty. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're playing shows with Trash Ambulance in Fort Mac, being like, "Fuck my life." I just played with fucking. <laughs> no, that was. A... I played with Metallica and fucking Leeds <laughs> yeah. and whatever Reading Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I saw you hey, posting hey. something that you, it was like a bucket list thing, like some huge band. You're like, I finally got to play a festival with these guys. I can't remember who it was now, though. It's maybe name. Oh, uh, What's some like pinch me moments while you're touring with these guys? Festivals you got to play with pretty massive bands. Yeah, we did that. Have you ever heard of that fucking metal festival called Vakken? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vakken. But they pronounce it Vakken. Vakken. That is, that's insane. Like that's nuts. That's like Woodstock. It's like a hundred thousand like, people or something crazy, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, like I think ninety thousand, hundred thousand people. 
The whole town is like, like, y- you would assume like if if a if a small town in the field like you know like like West Vancouver or something had a metal show with a hundred thousand people, those th- that whole town would be fighting to shut it down. You know, like, yeah. but. <laughs> This town, it's crazy. You'd see like old ladies just walking around wearing their Vakken shirt. <laughs> you know, like it. you go into the, yeah, you go into the gas station and like there's like the water there is like the Vakken water that's labeled. Like it's, it's, you know, the town really embraces it. And it was just, it was insane. Like just nuts. Like the backstage area had a gym. It had free massages, haircuts. You can like they had barbers set up. It was, it was just. You can tell you're getting old, and that's what that's what you're dropping. <laughs> yeah, I got a mani well, pedi. Like, and about any drug yeah, you can dude. fucking pay. <laughs> Imagine getting a mani pedi at a show. That'd be so fucking rad. Oh yeah, it would be actually. Yeah, <laughs> sitting in the backstage, get that shit done. Hell yeah. So, what time of day did uh, Mackenzie's go on at that? I think it was like around three in the afternoon or something like that. But uh, so there's only eighty five thousand people there at that point. <laughs> we played we played a side stage, but I'd say fuck like probably twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Oh, is that it? I was kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was as far as you could fucking see. So like fucking it'd be hell. like playing a stadium, you know. And then uh, last summer, like not the summer that just passed, but the one before that, we. <laughs> We played this festival in Sardinia, which is like an island off of Italy. And the like that was nuts. Like fuck probably another twenty-five thousand people or something like that. It was like a free show for the community, but like it was up until up until Vakin, it was the largest show I've ever played. It was you know, plus you get to go to an island and stay in like this like beautiful hotel and just sit in the pool all day until it's time to go to the show like it rules was, was that another festival or is that just mckenzie's no this was like uh it was like a two-day like sardinia fest or something it's called but you know it's a free show and it's put on by like the local brewery or whatever right so they're just selling you know so much beer they're they're probably making money hand over fist but yeah it was it was really cool though to you know just go to a part of the world like that you know same with mm. you know like if it wasn't for pro wrestling i would have never been able to go to korea right and korea like who who do you talk to you know 10 years ago or 15 years ago would be like oh yeah i want to go to seoul south korea like it's now everyone knows them as like you know they have awesome music they have awesome television like the the korean influence is you know breaking its way into like mainstream north america and stuff but you know back when i went it wasn't a big destination for people and it's it's fucking one of the most beautiful places i've ever been to speaking of uh i'm just curious about those insane festivals like how are you like are you a naturally like composed dude or do you do you get any stage fright like with that many people were you like a little worried to fuck up or did you just get drunk and roll with it or what was your game plan there i i don't really deal with stage fright and what you know it like i I was always in like school plays when i was a kid you know and getting 
you know, but the thing that really helped me as far as like getting over stage fright and like, not that I command a crowd or whatever, but like, you know, I could, when I'm playing, I could look into a guy's eyes or, you know, someone's eyes and just like give them a nod. And they're like, oh man, like that person. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you see that one person rocking out, you make like fucking eye contact with them and you just kind of give them a thumbs up. Like, like, you know, this is all shit. Like I kind of learned through pro wrestling and it's hard to have stage fright when you have performed in front of like, <laughs> 10,000 people in like spandex, like <laughs> undies, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. And, and you're also used to like getting screamed at by people that are maybe in between overdoses. So yeah, exactly. oh, that doesn't scare you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you, yeah. So that really helped with, with stage fright and stuff and, you know, but I'm sure I, I think I still get like I still mark out when I meet like Bill Stevenson or someone from like that shit still blows my mind a little bit. Like, <clears throat> you know, being at a festival, having lunch, sitting at the same table with like Stefan Egerton from the Descendants and, you know, and he used to play in the in the Mackenzie's. Right. So, you know, he was like, I remember we were at a punk rock holiday playing uh two summers ago and he you know we were hanging out with him and bill stevenson and all that stuff and uh you know he was just like you know how are you enjoying your time in the mckenzie stuff and i'm like oh yeah it was good like you know we're you know and he could tell right away he's like i can tell you guys are really you know you care for paul you're taking good care of him and you know blah 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 and at the end of the night he was like as we're saying goodbye he goes hey and you know, thanks for helping keep one of my friends alive. And I was like, holy fuck, like that means a lot coming from, you know, <laughs> dudes in the descendants. Like, fuck. Or uh that that was Carl Alvarez that said that to me. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, he used to he was a bass player in, in the Mackenzies for a while. It's funny, I actually saw that lineup. I'm pretty sure it was uh drawing a blank on his name. The guy he's drumming in the like Polly, fucking mad caddies. He's in Good Riddance. What the hell's his name? Sellers. Yeah, Sean Sellers. Yeah. yeah, he was in it. Plus Carl Alvarez on bass, and then Dave Gregg from DOA was the other guitar player. Like it, it was like a super group playing fucking goofy Celtic punk. Like it was like I, yeah. I saw them in Innisfail, fucking Alberta, and they're just like like twenty people in the audience. I'm just sitting there talking to fucking Carl, and he, he was kind of going through yeah. a divorce at the time, so it was a little weird. So he wasn't in a good way, but. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, obviously, sure. the descendants weren't that busy at that point in his life. So he just hopped on. Yeah, his... I think, yeah, I think that's when, uh, like, that was probably before the Everything Sucks album came out. Like, it would have been like 2006 or seven ish that time frame. So it was probably out already, but they kind of weren't doing a lot. Milo was probably yeah. back in college or whatever he does. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it was that break in between the the two the two albums. Yeah. I and at the time, like I I loved the descents, but I wasn't like as big as I am into them now. So I didn't really realize how amazing it was that I was at the zoo in fucking Innisville and Carl was just hanging out. Well, even Dave Gregg, like he's a fucking legend in himself. Like Yeah. Rest is rest so. in peace. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they've had like the amount of dudes that have been through that Mackenzie's band. It's it's mind blowing. <laughs> like, like the walls of Jericho, like <laughs> that walls of Jericho band. It, it's like that drummer's been in the Mackenzie's, and he's also like Corey Taylor from Slipknot's drummer now <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> like just super like, yeah, like the the bass player of Avail was in it, was in them like some really weird fucking bands for sure yeah pretty much a you name it of punk rock guitar players yeah, and drummers totally. have been in that band <laughs> yeah all right well let's take another uh commercial break here you got another song you want to hear oh um play uh hey maxine by rest easy i know that song Rawr. All right, here we go. Rest easy. <laughs> just gave me a very bad look <laughs> i don't think she's impressed that i'm high and drinking tequila on a work night <laughs> we're almost done we're playing the done. podcast yeah. <laughs> it's still early in vancouver <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. 
and we're back. All right. Well, we've been doing a lot of talking. I don't know if we've said anything of substance yet, but uh, hopefully people are enjoying the the bullshit session. <laughs> but we're going to run it. We've got to do one of our staples of the show. So, Kenny, you're about to be introduced to the pressure cooker. Oh, too scary. <laughs> <laughs> so the name of the game is I'm going to read you 10 questions and you just spit out the first thing that comes to your brain without overthinking it. So okay. uh, if you're ready to go, let's do this. Okay. All right. Epitaph or fat, fat wreck? Fat. What's the capital of Portugal? Uh, Lisbon. WWF or WCW? Uh, WWF. Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Oh, Bret Hart all the way. And then as far as movie stars go, did you prefer Hulk Hogan or Rowdy Roddy Piper? Piper. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant that's not available in Canada? Oh, shit. Um, it's not available at Taco Bell, I guess. Oh, they have it here now. <laughs> well, yeah, but shitty is different. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Pac-Man or Burger Time? Uh, Burger Time. Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. What's the best face-to-face song? Oh, uh, I'm so bad with the names. Um, I really like the one on the the self-titled album. The guy looking into the into the mirror. It goes. Ordinary. Yeah, ordinary. Yeah. Final question. Final question. What is the best finishing move in wrestling? Um, man, that's hard to say. Um, I think I would put it this way because anyone could do it. And that's a very important thing. You got to remember when you're coming up with a finishing move. Can I do it to like a guy the Undertaker's size? Can I do it to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Fuck. I, you, I'd have to go with the greatest finishing move of all time. I've never fucking thought of it. But the, how good's the figure four? Figure four? Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> and that wraps up another pressure cooker. All right, Too man. Scary. Good job. I didn't really ask you anything that's uh can actually check. It was all just personal preference. I guess the capital of Portugal. I know <laughs> I know you'd know that because isn't your wife from there or something? Or you guys go there all the time? Yeah. Yeah, we're uh her mom was born in the uh Azores Islands in San Miguel. So oh, cool. yeah, so yeah. Jen went and got her citizenship, which rules because we open a bank account there and we're just slowly saving our money and getting ready to get out of this goddamn country. <laughs> and you don't even really have to deal with the cold that I deal with and the rain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, w- I wouldn't do it. I-, I had to deal with that shit growing up in 100 Mile House, like minus 40. And- oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. School wasn't even canceled unless I think it had to be minus thirty six in town. Oh god! But those those snow days when it was canceled, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I grew up in eastern Saskatchewan, and I lived in town, so we never like I didn't get those snow days. I decided to walk to school. <laughs> the oh, buses wouldn't bummer. be running, so the the country kids didn't have to go to school, but I'd have to go because 
I lived yeah. there. It was like a five yeah. minute walk to the school. <laughs> but I didn't like I did a few of those like where I still went into the school because it was still open just because like I lived out in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, the internet didn't exist then or anything. So, you know, you just go there to hang out. And that's when like, I remember like going into the band room and being able to like, just plug in and fuck around on the guitar. Like there was like, you know, they had a shitty electric with like some shitty 10 watt tiger amp. I think it was, or something like that. And, you know, had a little distortion thing on it and so that's you know kind of how i started playing actually so oh. you know the, 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 those little throwaway days were kind of fun because <laughs> the teachers didn't give a fuck either it was basically a pro d day for them too right <laughs> yeah. so just, yeah just don't fight anybody and hurt each other and we're not going to care what yeah <laughs> yeah my, uh, drug my, guitar, my guitar class in high school was like I don't know. It was like a war zone for the teacher in there. He had a very loose grip on both that class and his own sanity. But, uh, it, it was usually a pretty fun class. Like there was kids in there, I'm sure, smoking weed, hiding behind doors and stuff like that. And I don't know. There's some bad kids in that guitar class, but they had a, a guitar and a drum kit as well. So that yeah. was an experience I had as well. That was good times. Yeah. I was back in Kenora. <laughs> Ontario? Uh no, that no, that was in BC. I came to BC in 2000, so I started at grade eight in BC. Oh, okay. Yeah, never finished, but started it. <laughs> now you're a business owner and a successful punk rocker. Successful. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you wanted to ask a few more questions. I don't want to take up too much more of his time here. So. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Kenny, you had a career in pro wrestling. Um, you know, you were the ASW Trans Canada Heavyweight Champion, and you were a two-time ECCW Tag Team Champion. Um, you know, wrestling's fucking awesome, obviously, something I've always been into, uh, as well as punk rock. And, you know, I think it's safe to say punk rock has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people, whether it's getting into the punk scene and finding friends or acceptance as a young kid, or starting a band and uh, traveling and stuff like that. And uh, I just wonder if there's any parallels that you found between the wrestling community when you were coming up through that uh, compared to the music community. If there's any similarities or differences or anything. Oh, the similarities are, they're basically one and the same, you know, being an indie wrestler and being, uh, you know, like, indie musician or punk musician you know like you gotta hustle that merch you know you, you know sometimes you gotta do you know the you know the show you know you might not get paid for it like i went out and did a uh, harley race camp out in st louis in 2009 and uh you know their ricky steamboat was there and and pro wrestling noah was there and stuff like that so you know, I got chosen out of a whole group of people to be in one of the matches. And, you know, of course you're doing that shit for free, but that's, that's almost like being in a band and it's like, yo, do you want this, you know, side stage at warp tour? We can't pay anything, but you know, like it's one of those type of things. So, you know, it's all, you know, it's all about being really good to your fan base too. And keeping, you know, 
and social media makes that shit so much easier now with Instagram and stuff, right? But back when I was wrestling, like I'd have, I'd, you know, you'd add all the the marks and the the fans, and sometimes the fans are a little crazy. Sometimes the pro <laughs> wrestling fans are a little special. So you know, like, uh, you know, but you add them to your Facebook, and next thing you know, I, I had one guy once being like, I guess he was getting kicked out of his house, and. You know, what What would Kenny Lush do? Like, help me, I'm getting kicked out of my house. Like, I can't afford the rent. And I don't know, I think I told him to, like, I, you know, next time his landlord comes knocking on his door to give him the 100-mile the driver, which was my finisher, you know? And <laughs> probably the worst advice I could give someone. But, you know, you got to, like, you know, a lot of it's just keeping in contact with fans and just, just trying to build that fan base and get in front of as many eyes as you can you know that's that's the best way to do it so yeah the the parallels are you know 100 percent the same and i think there becomes a time too as like a as a wrestler or as a punk musician anyways where you're like you know when you're playing those community halls and weird towns and getting paid 100 bucks it's like you're almost doing it for love of the game you know it's like the the big guys aren't calling me at this point they might but you know what i mean like you're doing it because yeah. you love this shit if you can make a couple bucks then it's that's the bonus right? <laughs> yeah the sad like the thing is with like at least with punk music like i'm lucky i have both like you know but i i have friends and i see people in the wrestling community that it's like you gotta give it up man like <laughs> fuck and like at least like i i was able to look myself in the mirror and be like yo i gotta give it up but it's because I had music, like I always have music to rely back on, right? Um, but yeah, there's, you know, so music you could do for love and stuff like that. But like, I I fucking feel so bad for some of these like wrestler guys that just won't leave the fucking business. Like, you know, and I'd probably be one of them if I didn't have the band. Like I have my biceps torn there, which is like kind of thrown my whole body into a bit of a fucking spiel just because like i'm compensating now with the other side of my body like you know now my knees are hooped probably doesn't help i'm overweight now and shit like that but like i still get asked like once a month to go back like oh you want to do this show coming up in two months or three months i'm like absolutely not i don't even want (laughs) to i want to look at myself in the mirror let alone like expect people to pay money to see this right now like fuck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and for the folks at home so your was your moniker always the loose cannon is that what you always went by yeah you usually yeah most of the time yeah because the there's, there's a, a hype up video you first thing that comes up on youtube what band yeah. was, what band was playing in that sounded like a hard i think that's band. comeback kid as yeah that's comeback kid i used that's what i thought it sort of sounded music. like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think uh, I think the song's called Partners in Crime. Is that what that was your entrance music? Yeah. So you were like legitimately able to to bring your punk rock love into your wrestling career. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but when Daggermouth broke up and I went back into wrestling, um, you know, it was two thousand, you know, two thousand nine, I guess, and. You know, I showed up and I, I, you know, went to a local show. I went to a couple of the shows, you know, where no one would notice me because I also wrestled in the late 90s. But, you know, I went and saw the show and 
kind of hid out, hid out, and realized no one has merch, no one has anything. And I remember my first show back, I had T-shirts made and all this shit, same stuff you do for a band, right? I walked out of there with like $600 just in shirt sales. And, you know, the next show that happened, fuck, there was four other people who had shirt designs then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and now it's a common thing. But, yeah, like, you know, that that whole punk ethics thing helped for sure. You know, especially when, you know, it's 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 a scary thing. Like, at least when you're touring the world with your band, you always have your friends or your bandmates with you, right? Whereas, you know, I'll get, I got an email and it was like, do you want to come to Seoul, Korea to Russell? Okay. And then you wait and wait and wait, and then you don't know what the fuck's happening. And then the night before you leave, you finally get sent an airline ticket. And it's like, oh shit, I guess this is happening. Okay, I'll load my stuff up and... You know, because that minute up until that last minute, you still think it's bullshit, you know, a chance to be bullshit. But yeah, you get the ticket and then you go. But, you know, I don't know if I would be able to do that stuff as easy if I didn't have the whole touring in a band thing behind me. Right. Like, you know, it's 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 not it's not in your normal person's like mind to be like, oh, OK, here's plane ticket to Seoul. OK, <laughs> hopefully someone picks me up at the airport or there's a sign or something. And. You know, of course there wasn't. I was waiting. I just like, I don't know. I'll just sit down in the airport for I have an a hour. Feeling they, they knew who you up. were though when you walked off that plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worst case scenario, yeah. you just start body slamming people until somebody picks you up, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> loose cannon, <But> loose yeah. <laughs> cannon. Yeah. So what did your uh, friends in the punk scene think of you? Did they give you a hard time for your your wrestling persona, or did they think it was rad? Uh. No, I think most most people thought it was pretty rad. Like, I remember when I first went back into wrestling, like, yeah, a lot of the Living With Lions guys would come out and watch me wrestle and stuff like that. So, you know, it was, it's it was it's always fun to have those guys. I remember uh, Bill Crook, who used to play bass in Lions, and he was in Spirit Box and stuff for a while. Um, him and Cody Fennell and a bunch of my friends were coming out. And it was a fans bringing the weapons match. And I remember my buddy Cody going, uh, either Cody or Bill, I forget who, but one of them asked me what, what they should get for a weapon. And I was like, I don't know, get a lobster. <laughs> and they actually brought a live fucking lobster to this wrestling match. And fucking, I ended up using it and smashing a dude in the head with a lobster. And, you know, the vegans will hate that. I'm sorry. I was young and dumb. And then, uh, yeah, then Cody, he made a pinata, but didn't tell anyone. It was full of, like, a thousand thumbtacks. So when that finally got broke over someone's head, the whole ring was covered in tacks. And I just remember hearing one guy, this one guy, uh, Cole Bishop, in the, in the ring, he goes, oh, what the fuck, tax? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get seriously injured in your wrestling career? Uh, I've had like a few concussions and stuff like that. I've had the like plenty of stitches. Uh, the torn biceps probably the worst of it. You know, it's definitely left some like wear and tear for sure. Like my hips hurt all the time, and you know, like I said, I'm overweight right now. So you know, maybe if I dropped a few pounds, maybe it would help. 
but it also hurts just as much to work out these days with weights. <laughs> so, win. you know, yeah, you can't win. So, yeah, I just like to try to eat more proper. That's my goal. Are you, but, uh, are you, have you, you stayed know. on? Like, I haven't watched wrestling in years. So, like, are you still watching? Like, because there's a few different leagues now, right? It's not just WWE anymore, right? Like, there's AEW and bunch yeah, of Yeah, AEW is the one I mostly follow. It's mostly. <laughs> Most and mostly because I have like some friends and acquaintances that work there and stuff like that. So I really want to see them succeed. And you know, I think they're doing pretty good right now. I know some of their houses haven't been the biggest, but um, you know, I think they're it's a slow burn. I think I think the people there know what they're doing. And I you know well, kinda, I like AEW. It's kind of like Dirty Pool and Vince McMahon just owned every single league, right? It's kind of like so I remember yeah, when totally. I was like, you know, an early teenager, there was WCW versus WWF. So I had like the WCW N64 game. We'd all play at birthday parties and great shit, you game. know. Great game. <laughs> yeah. You know, a guy would get fun. pissed off at Vince and then he'd go over there. Like, yeah, I think Bret Hart went over there and like Jeff Jarrett and all those type of guys yeah. and all the. Yeah. But that, like, you know, when I get it, he he wants to control the entire industry. This way he makes all the money, you know? It's typical, mm-hmm. like, mafia Donald Trump fucking bullshit, right? But, but I've seen that shit at such a lower level. Like, I've seen, like, these fucking local yokel wrestling companies that are lucky to draw 150 people to a show and stuff be like, well, if you go wrestle for them, you can't wrestle for me. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just go wrestle for them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to be told what not to fucking do. You know, have you ever experienced that? Like, uh, well, if you play that show and, you know, our show is only three weeks away. So, yeah. like, you know, any of that shit. Proximity or you play clauses. that bar, maybe. Yeah, proximity clauses or just, like, if you play that bar, you, you, you know, you got to pick which bar you play. You know what I mean? Like. Just politics. Yeah, like whack ass politics. It's unnecessary. Yeah. And and it's like, dude, I'm getting paid like a jug of beer and like one tray chicken wings. You really think I'm that fucking loyal? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I do I do see the because there is bands that I know that just play in the same city like every weekend, and I'm like, I don't really want to play with you because nobody's gonna come see you because you just fucking played last week or two days yeah. ago, you know. So I think there's a balance. I wouldn't want to be a promoter anyways because, I don't know, you pretty much have to screw people over to make money doing it. Otherwise, you're just wanting to yeah. do shows so you can bring a cool band to your town and hang out with them and lose money, which I yeah. guess I would maybe do that a few times. I have done that a few times. but Yeah. But it's not like getting blackballed just for, like, playing for a different club once kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, that's never happened to me. No. Like I, I promoted a couple pro wrestling shows out in uh, Vancouver, and fuck, it was just the worst. Like the 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 reason why we didn't last long is, you you know, we had the fucking other company like calling the city hall, like, oh, there there's too many people in the building, and like call them fire yeah. departments, and like just constant all night. So like, you know, eventually, eventually they the city kind of caught on and wanted me to start registering. Like I was a, a mixed martial arts company, like, you know, cause pro wrestling is a lot different than MMA, you know? And like, mm-hmm. they were like, well, you probably have the same fan base, like 
gang members. So you have to hire two cops to be at the venue and, you know, just stupid shit like that. And then, of course, you know, people ended up mad at me because, you know, I, because I was like, well, what about the other wrestling companies? How come they don't have to do this shit? And all of a sudden she was like, oh, what other wrestling companies? And then, you know. I'm like, of course, I'm not going to take the whole fucking blame. If I got to pay the fees, everyone has to pay the fucking fees. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> so, you know, they, they ratted me out. And in the end, they had to fucking like, I was like, okay, I'll stop running shows. But these idiots are going to have to keep paying fees now. <laughs> Holy fuck, that is cutthroat cut behind yeah. the scenes, man. Yeah. That's why I got it's out of the, the game. the dark side of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, man. Well, we've taken up a lot of your time tonight. Don't want you to get more uh-huh. uh, dirty looks from the from the misses, but you'll have to come back on, man. Anytime. Yeah, yeah anytime. This is fun. And now that I know what to expect, I'll do it all the time. I don't want to be like, <laughs> I'll be a, maybe next year. <laughs> one time. Well, just one time. Your co-host. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe you can help us get better guests <laughs> since you're so connected. All these, all these na- casual name drops. Yeah, I'm just hanging out with Carl and my good buddy Michael Burkett. You know. Yeah, my, oh, good old good old fat Michael Burkett. <laughs> but yeah, man. Honestly, anytime you want to come on, I'd, we're happy to have you oh, on. Yeah, we're trying to do this more often, so yeah. Maybe we'll wait till you actually have something to hype. But <laughs> yeah, hopefully that won't take too long. <laughs> Yeah, you don't seem like the kind of guy to sit on your butt for too long. You're going to go crazy and want to do something, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope to hear more Rest Easy. We, we didn't even talk yeah, about Bangmouth really at all. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But, or Rest Easy. We didn't talk about any of your bands, really. Just random stories. No. <laughs> well, leads us more to talk to later. There we go, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ty, you got any last things you want to ask before we let him get on with his life? Uh, no, I think we'll save this game for next time. We've taken up enough of the old times <laughs> you there. Uh, you right. hang in there, and uh, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, good meeting you, man. All right, man. We'll choose one last song. And uh, yeah, I and mean, I guess if you have any final messages, maybe you should shout out your bands one last time. Buy your shit. Yeah, uh, yeah play Partners in Crime by Comeback Kid. I can do that, man. Yeah, so everybody at home, make sure you're following Rest Easy. I don't think you can follow Daggermouth. Maybe you can, but there's probably not much going on on those platforms at the moment. Not not much going on. You can only hope. <laughs> We're all praying every day to the yeah, easy core gods. Well, what do you what do you, what do well, you guys call that uh, genre by the way? Cuz I know I don't know if you guys invented it, but I feel like there's a lot of bands that I don't like nearly as much as your band that kind of do that same kind of faster but poppy vocals. A little more aggressive yeah, guitar. Yeah, they called it easy core and like that i don't know they say like we're like one of the innovators of it or something like i'll tell you this much when we started that band we just wanted to play like like punk rock like (laughs) we like i remember Stu, he played in like a like a screamo band at the time where like guys had like white studded belts and stuff and uh and he just came to my work and he's like i want to start a fast band because no one was playing everything was like emo screamo like you know fuck there was no punk rock so oh or if there was it was like you know that shitty kind of like 
yeah, like Daglo abortion y, like bar rock bullshit punk, like, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I, I was totally down for that. And, you know, so we didn't plan on like, you know, we liked, like, like anything I do is like me just trying to like rip off Lifetime, you know, <laughs> like I, I thought we were just, all, let's start a band that sounds like Lifetime, you know, and that was, you know, we had, you know, we didn't, we weren't playing with hardcore bands when we first started and stuff like that. So like, we didn't know like those parts we were writing were like breakdowns, you know, we were just like, you know, what's a cool, like, you know, we would listen to bands like, you know, obviously Civ or, you know, Saves the Day and stuff like that. But like, you know, Snapcase and stuff like, you know, but I didn't think we were like writing like a Victory Records album or anything like that. So, yeah, but yeah, we were just like a pop punk band that ended up growing into what they call easy core. <laughs> Head of your time, man. Head of your time. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to get you back on to chat. I'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into your history. But uh, yeah, yeah. we do appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're a busy dude, so. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, we had a great time. And yeah, have a happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. All those things. (laughs) And uh, hopefully. Have a a merry November. (laughs) 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 Hopefully we uh, run into you again soon. Yeah, dude. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Have a good one. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. I did this to myself. The summer air burning in my lungs. One more glass till I come undone. Let's stop this rising sun. Bright lies can see it. It always turns right through me. Living me in self-esteem. I'm not playing good on me. Taking us to the edge, edge, edge. That summer shakes off. It puts me in that too much. 
Hey, this is Kay Lush from the Real Mackenzie's Dagger Mouth and Rest Easy, and you're listening to Denim Radio. And that's gonna be a wrap. All right, sorry, folks, if you if you don't like big, long, girthy things, you came to the wrong place. But <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think this was a. Uh, I don't know, man. We've mentioned earlier, you know, you you meet all these all these fucking funny dudes in the in the scene. So sometimes just let them let them go, and I think it was a good chat and. Yeah, like I said, the olive branch is out there. So come back, Kenny. Anytime you want, buddy. We'll have you back with open arms. With arms wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's go there. Man, my my Instagram is just like so much Creed memes and fucking new metal memes. (laughs) Like it's Uh, can you please just stop? Get it? Uh... it. Scott, stop it! (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, thank you very much, Kenny. Um, a quick rundown with with high end denim things. I mean, like I said, we're always delayed with these episodes because it come. We do the interviews on the Monday, then the following Friday is when this drops. So at this point, I think we're gonna have ourselves a. I believe, yeah. Today you're gonna see. It's the day that. uh, Death Cassette is having their CD release party. Actually, cassette release party. So everybody pray that the cassettes made into them on time. <laughs> they're, they're looking to be on track, but as always, the punk rock way, everybody's got to sweat a little bit. But yeah, and their album, or uh, EP, Get Rid of It, is out in its entirety. So fuck yeah. So yeah, and if you haven't checked out the last interview where we chat with them, get on that because it's out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're we're very excited about the the direction of of the label. We've got lots of cool shit going on. Some stuff we can't talk about yet, but yeah. Um it's good to see bands that are super active on the label. Like let's go. You guys are just gearing up for your your um well, it's like a a, a mid tour, <laughs> midi tour, you know, you got four shows, so cover a lot of ground and get out there, see some folks, so it's great to see, I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> How you feeling about it all? Yeah, I'm feeling good, really excited. I mean, four days on the road, you know, it's not a ton, but it's more than three, right? Three is cool, but then you always want that extra fourth one. So I'm glad we were able to get four shows. Yeah, and it's funny because, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's something to be proud of, but like every time I go on, like embark on a tour, I'm always like, You know, I'm going to fucking save myself. I'm not going to fucking drink long. You know, I'm going to be a good boy, get a lot of sleep. No, it doesn't happen because you're with your buddies. You're having the time of your life. So you're fucking up till three or four. It seems like every night you're up later. And then all of a sudden fucking, you know, you just power through. But it's funny because I'll have other friends that are like, oh, I got a show tomorrow. I can't come to your show because I got to get a good night's sleep. It's like, or like. I'll have a show the next <laughs> night, but it'll also be like, I'll have a prior engagement. It's like a buddy's, you know, like I had my brother's uh, engagement party and then I knew I had a show the next day. Fucking got destroyed the Friday and played the next day. I'm like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, cause you're in a punk band. You fucking just do it. <laughs> you just sweat it out on stage and you're fine. Oh <laughs> uh, man. And that's the thing. And each day is like a new level of hangover that you didn't know that was possible, but <laughs> you've also know that you've got a job to do. Right. So you get your shit in a group and you get to the venue and get a beer in you. And, uh, that reminds me of when uh, we did the mini tours with the Fulmites. They came here to my house the first night, uh, before we, 
started the mini tour and uh jesse death brought like uh two sticks of peanut butter whiskey and there was tequila and beer and i drank way too much and like puked in a bowl and had to like <laughs> pour it down the sink and like they all heard it in the morning they were like oh you had a puke bowl eh i was like yeah and that was the beginning of our tour so but that reminds me of uh you know, i don't know if you guys played with broken yolks when you were out in our neck of the woods but yeah this band from edmonton we did this was like before ozone and well it was one of the times ozone wasn't in the band so it was a different lineup in the band with me so we released that album dime for every time or the ep and we did a, like a, a three banger on may long and we did them all with that band broken yokes and the first night we, we played in this so it wasn't like a lot of people out well we just got fucking destroyed because it was an open bar and I just remember young David, the, the bass player, like I was sleeping on the couch at the drummer at the time lived in Innisfil, so we all crashed at his pad and like just violently barfing, just like, Bleh! you know, it was like coming from like the, the bowels of their guts is like puking. And then the drummer stumbles out of wherever he was sleeping and he's trying to get in the bathroom and I'm like, man, he's already puking in there. So I hear him go out in the backyard, left the door open. I could hear him. <laughs> he's got this is day one of the tour these guys are fucking puking their guts out like family guy or something <laughs> yeah, pretty much well, at least they made it to to uh toilets and shrubs and then didn't puke on any of his prized possessions in his house but that yeah. is a commendable <laughs> and then the uh yeah then we played a couple more shows and more hilarious shit happened but yeah it's just funny it's like you're so excited because it's the first day of tour and sometimes people just <laughs> take it a little yeah. too far and then it's like you know, there's no uh, easing up on the throttle. Like this is this is what mm-hmm. you have to deal mm-hmm. with for the rest mm-hmm. of it. But, yeah, but I mean, you I think just as do musicians, it. we're we're excitable, right? We get swept up in the moment, having such a good time. So, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, and I look forward to doing more of it. It's, I mean, I'm I'm still south of forty. I think I got a few more years of this left. I mean, starting to be a bit of a family man, you know. <laughs> but uh, I still need my time to go and. Play some music, drink some beers with buddies. For me, I wouldn't. I would have been passing on the peanut butter whiskey. I'm, I stick to tequila and beer, and I'm, it's the best version nice. of Josh you're gonna get. <laughs> Might be a little <laughs> overbearing and annoying, but at least I'm not a dick. <laughs> but you put put whiskey in me, and I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm out of yeah. control. I don't, I don't. I don't like that version of myself. And I'm gonna more, remember that for next time we're drinking <laughs> in the bar. Yeah, most of my my uh, good buddies would. Would agree with me. They're like, yeah, I'm, I like that you just stick to beer and tequila. Like, me too, man. <laughs> I don't like having to apologize to you in the morning. <laughs> I, I like how beer and tequila is like this benchmark of your moderation <laughs> now. Like, yeah. he's a good boy. He sticks to his beer <laughs> and tequila. No, no issues. Yeah, that's like those good. I don't do drugs. Just a little bit of coke, <laughs> weed, mushrooms. Yeah, it's all natural. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, what, right. I, I do think it is probably because tequila is like an upper or whatever, right? So it's. I mean, mm. beer probably isn't, but uh, for whatever reason, like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know I'm not the only one. Like some people just mm-hmm. you drink hard liquor and it just, it's not a good combination. <laughs> so I've learned yeah. if, if you want me to be bearable to be around, don't give me whiskey. Don't give me uh, pretty much anything except for tequila and beer and I'll be good. Actually, I can do Jaeg, right. but, but Jaeg, I don't really, it's not something for myself that I would ever have more than like one or two anyways. Like I'm not drinking a cup of yeg so 
So yeah. write that write that that down in my book of. You don't need to, man. I'm an old. I have a, I'm an old. Don't give me whiskey. I'm an old mule, man. If I'm fucking coming at you, like, give me some whiskey, Diamond. <laughs> Something has went horribly awry in my life, and I'm probably too late to save me. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, like I said, it was a girthy episode, so we're gonna wrap this up. But yeah, man, it was cool hanging out with you again this Monday morning or Monday evening. <laughs> routine has been pretty nice and all you folks that are tuning in we we appreciate it um i guess another thing uh high-end denim records has received a little bit more vinyl so we mentioned the making friends records we got in our store now now we also have Teresa banks uh, a finnish band um we did we carried a split of theirs it was the very first like overseas um record we brought over that was cause a riot in uh and Teresa Banks, both Finnish bands, they did a split. Sold over those like insanely quick. But now, yeah, we got 20 of these. So it's not like insane volume, but it's cool to to help these guys bring their music to another, you know, populace of music fans. So yeah, if you're into Finnish punk rock, you don't want to pay 50 bucks to order their vinyl from overseas, you can hit up uh, highendenimrecords.com and get your fill. But yeah, other than that, We'll be back again in a week, so hopefully you guys tune in. Who are we going to chat with? Nobody knows, but we got lots of suitors, so <laughs> we're, we're the we're the big dick kids on in the castle. So. <laughs> who, who do we choose? Who do we choose? Just kidding. We want to we want to talk to everyone. So let's fucking keep growing this thing. But yeah, I want to hear for the very last song. So this band, I think I just found them on one of those random playlists. You know, like. Uh, the fuck is that one called thoughts words action or one of those blogs you know they do like a, a spotify playlist every like, like the hot hits of the of the week or whatever and yep these guys lawsuit models they're from denver colorado i believe and this song is gonna be called no big loss and i found them they're kind of like like i was used to be really into like the org core you know that style like kind of like I don't know, like bands that would play at Fest in Florida. That was like my favorite style of music for years. Like the, you know, Lawrence Arms, Dillinger Four style, fucking Elway, all those type of bands. And that's kind of yep. what, I, kind of the vibe, like Red City Radio kind of vibe I get from these guys. And it's kind of funny too, because when I found them, I really liked them. So, you know, I, I know you do this too. You shoot them a message on Instagram, like, I really like your guys' tunes, fucking awesome. You know, everybody likes to hear that. So they were like, thanks very much. Yeah. And, and then uh, when we went down to Costa Rica, we actually had an 11-hour layover in Denver. So we kind of, like, toyed with the idea. Like, So I actually reached out to these guys. I'm like, hey, like, we're going to have an 11-hour layover in your city. What about setting up a show? And they were like, they sounded interested. But then the more we thought about it and, like, the risks of playing in America without permits, we were like, eh, you wouldn't. So it kind of fizzled out. But it's just kind of funny that, like, we may have played a show with these guys. In my brain, we, we, we totally did it. But <laughs> in reality, like many things, it didn't actually happen. But yeah, these guys rule. Figured I'd, I'd toss them a play. Um, yeah, check them out, Lawsuit Models. You got anything to add before we wrap this up? No. Uh, just uh, hope everybody's safe and warm out in the denim verse and uh, we look forward to warming your icy hearts with more of these fireside chats as the winter <laughs> continues hell yeah brother all right man 
Until uh, next week, guys, make sure you're checking out highendenimrecords.com, following us on all the socials, and uh, yeah, supporting all the bands, and then the bands that we do play, if you don't, if you don't know them, the interviews that we do, make sure you're, you're following all the bands and checking the shit out, because if you like punk rock and you think punk's dead, you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Josh. Anti. Denim. Radio. Dark side of the ring.